Welcome to Main Menu for March 16 to March 22, 2012. I'm your host, David Tanner. Glad you can be with us today. Welcome back. If you're a returning listener, if you're a new listener, welcome aboard. We are very glad to have you, and we're always pleased to see new people come and listen to the show and hope that you'll stay around and listen to the entire show and come back often. Those of you who have been here for a while, we are glad you're here, and we're glad you keep coming back. If there are things that we can add to the show that you might like to hear about that we haven't talked about recently, or things that maybe you'd like to see us change about the show, we'd like to know those things. And you know how you can do that? Well, there's a number of ways you can do that. You can come to the webpage at www.mainmenu.acbradio.org, and there are places there where you can make comments to the staff by posting uh, your comments there you can join the main menu friends mailing list and you can sign up right there on the web page for that or if you are into twitter you can also reach us at twitter at www.twitter.com slash main menu and we'd be glad to see you there we'd be glad to see you all the three places actually and any suggestions you might have for, for shows that we might want to air about particular subjects be sure you let us know about those if there's some things you'd like to see us change or some things you'd like to see us add to the show we'd sure love to hear your suggestions well we're going to get right on into today's content we have quite a bit here today we're going to start out with today's series on the note takers that we've been covering and today we're going to be talking about file management and you're going to get to see demos of how you can handle files on the various five note takers that we've been covering and then that is followed by neil uris and part two of his review of the olympus ls100 digital recorder and finally compliments of blindbargains.com jj meadows will come in and he will be interviewing the folks from duxbury from the season 2012 conference held back in march and they'll be talking about the latest release to Duxbury and also talking about some things that are going to be coming up in the future with Duxbury. And that's all today here on Main Menu. Hi, I'm Chase Crispin, the executive producer of Main Menu. I'm here today to invite you, the listener, to submit to Main Menu. Do you have an accessible game, appliance, piece of software, hardware device, or anything else that you would like to demo that you have not heard about here on Main Menu? If so, are you interested in submitting a review of this product to Main Menu? If so, please first email mainmenu at acbradio.org. In that email, make sure to tell us what you would like to cover for Main Menu. If this is a topic that we are interested in and has not been recently covered, we will be glad to have you submit this piece to the show. Begin to record your piece by eliminating all background noise, including TVs, 
radios, other people talking, loud fans, etc. If applicable, turn down the speech rate on the device that you are demoing. Once you have recorded your file, it is recommended that you edit the submission. If you can save your file in MP3 format, please encode your file at 128 kbps, 44.1 kilohertz stereo. If you must use another format, bit rate, or sampling rate, we can take care of the conversion for you. However, we recommend that you get your submission to us in the format previously mentioned. It is also recommended that you edit your piece. This may include editing out long pauses, mistakes, a lot of ums, or other fumble words. If you are not able to edit your piece but you feel that you've edited, please email us at mainmenu at acbradio.org and someone on the Main Menu production team can edit your submission for you. You can also contact the production team by visiting mainmenu.acbradio.org and clicking on the staff directory link. Once you have your file ready, please contact us at the email address previously mentioned, and we will let you know how to get your submission to us, and we will also let you know when it will be able to be aired on the show. We appreciate your continued interest and support in ACB Radio's main menu, and we look forward to hearing you on the show. Management on the Braille Note BT. This is the Apex, and I'm going to delete a file. I'm sitting on the File Manager menu. We get to File Manager from the main menu. If you arrow down past Word Processor and all that in the main menu, you eventually find File Manager. And I'm going to arrow down. Browse files. We're going to be browsing while we are deleting a file, so that'll kind of be built in here. Copy file. Erase file. This is what I want to do. Erase file from drive. Press enter for SD card. Push enter. Folder name. Press enter for none. Now, I have to explain briefly folders and directories. You have directories that are folders within folders within folders. And then you have folders. And the folder is one level below the folder that you're currently in. And below that, you can't get any further because it'll just show you the files. Whereas directories, you can navigate up and down like you do in Windows. You can have folders inside of folders inside of folders. And I think they made this distinction to make it easier for people just starting out with this, but it still is a little tricky to navigate, but we're not going to do that here. Folder name, it says none. If I wanted to choose a folder, I could go down below here and choose a folder. But what I want to do is push none. File name. And... This is where it's going to take a little while to look for the file. I'm going to wait until list of files comes up. List of all files in the folder. And let's see if it found it. List of all 3,000. A walk on the beach. A weekend. A and then type T. And there it is. Test BRF. Any test? No other test. Okay, I'm going to push enter on test. Erase test.brf. Sure. Push Y. One file erased. File manager menu. And it's gone. Browse files. We're down to browse. Copy, copy erase, erase file. rename, file. move, protection, protection and unzip file. and zip and convert PDF. And, convert PDF. Translate, and file. translate file, for example, to another type of Braille. 
folder manager. And we have a folder manager. End of menu. And that's it. And how do we get out of here? We push spacebar plus E. Exit. And we're main back menu. to the main menu, and that is a brief tour of file management on the Apex. Main menu. All right, on this portion, we're going to take a look at the way that you manage files on the Maestro. And so I'm going to come down my main menu. System menu, calendar, one of four contacts, O, email, E, file explorer, X. And to file explorer, and then I'm going to hit enter. Closing menu, file explorer dialog, store combo box, main memory, one of three. And the first menu we come to, it lists our various ways of storing things on the Maestro. And the first one at the top is main memory. That's the actual flash memory in the Maestro. And we're going to down arrow. SD card. And there is an SD card. CF card. And there is a CF compact flash card. All right. And this unit does have both a SD card and a CF card in them. And uh, just as a bit of information, the biggest SD card that a Maestro can take is a 2-gig card. So if you get an SD card bigger than a 2-gig card, it, the Maestro is not going to read it. That's the biggest card it can read. The CF card, I'm not sure what the largest is that you can use in it. I know I have used an, a 4 and an 8 gig card in it. So I know compact flash-wise you can go at least as large as 8 gig. But the SD card you are limited to 2 gig as the largest SD card you can put in it. Alright. So we're going to arrow back up to our main memory. SD card. Main memory. Okay. Now, at this point uh, what we want to do is we're going to use the keypad on the front of the maestro this time and i'm going to be using the uh, back tab and the tab keys and i'm going to be using the arrows and the enter key that's mostly what we're going to be using for this and we will look at the menus so i'm going to go ahead now and i'm going to tab uh, over and see if we can find out what is in the memory of the maestro as far as files go and let's hit the tab file browser list box application data folder one of 18 okay it says application data we are looking at the memory in the uh, maestro and i'm going to just kind of read down this list a little bit cf card folder okay there's the cf card so if i wanted to go in from here and look at it i could Codner folder Documents and settings folder. There's the documents and settings folder. My documents folder. And the my documents folder. And I could go in there. My documents subfolder. And I hit the right arrow and went in there. And I'm going to hit the. Now, when you're in a subfolder, what you do is once you're there, you hit the down arrow to see what's in it. My music folder. My pictures folder. Personal folder. All right. Size info folder. Personal folder. And so my that's. My pictures folder. My music folder. Business folder. Templates folder. Size info folder. So that's, that's the folder inside my my documents folder and we could go on in those folders and see what's there uh let's templates folder let's just see what's in our templates folder i'm going to hit the tab file type comma box all files left parenthesis star dot star right parenthesis one of two okay where where it says file type uh i think this 
sounds pretty familiar. And it says all files. And I'm going to hit the down arrow. Text files left parenthesis star.txt star.rtf star.psw right parenthesis. Okay, and so if we set it here, instead of seeing all the files, we would only see RTF files, um, the Word files, and text files. So I'm going to go and hit the up arrow and go back to all files. All files, left parenthesis, star dot star, right parenthesis. And let's tab again. Store combo box, main memory, one of three. All right, and let's let's go back. Let's hit the back again. File type combo box, all files, left parenthesis, star dot star, right parenthesis, one of two. And let's go back File again. browser, list box, business, folder, one of six. And there's business. Let's hit, let's hit our enter there and see if there's anything there. Templates, folder. Oh, templates, yeah. And right arrow. Templates, subfolder. And now we're in the template subfolder and because we hit our right arrow and now let's read down our list blank document.psw file blank note.pwi file meeting notes.dot file meeting notes.psw file okay so those are the files there is where our text editor uh found the template files to use for the word processor when we were doing the word processor and so that's where we're finding that and then while we're here I'm going to go ahead and hit the on the maestro on the keypad instead of you hitting the alt key what you want to want to do is hit the F4 key opening menu file sub menu 105 F and I get the file menu let's look what else is here real quick there is the file menu edit sub menu e. edit menu view type sub menu e. view type of file help sub menu and the help menu exit file explorer e. exit file sub menu F. we're back to file and if I hit a right arrow and go into the file menu open oh we get open new submenu n rename r duplicate u delete d properties p open o okay the typical thing you would expect on the file menu let's hit left arrow and get back into our main menu file submenu f edit submenu e and right arrow into cut, edit control plus x t typical copy, here control plus c paste grade cut control plus x copy control plus c c the kinds of things you would expect in an me- edit menu edit submenu e all right okay and I'm going to just hit my escape. Closing menu. File browser list box. Meeting notes on PSW. File 5016. All right. And now I'm back into my file list. And I'm going to tab. File type combo box. All files left parenthesis. Star dot star right parenthesis. One of two. All right. Store combo box. Main memory. One of three. And I'm back to my list of storage areas and that is the file management you can uh, move files you can delete files you can create new files all the things you would typically expect in a file management software it can pretty well do just about anything you could want to do with uh, moving files you can move them from main memory to the sd card or the scf card or you can move them the other way you also can uh, with the maestro you can also do an active sync if you're using xp or if you're using vista or windows 7 you can use the mobile manager to move files back and forth between the maestro and your computer that's our file management on the maestro Hello, Main Menu listeners. This is Chase Crispin, and today I'm here demonstrating the icon from Level Star and the Braille Plus Mobile Manager from APH for Main Menu with the Battle of the Note Takers that we're currently doing. 
Today we are demonstrating file management tasks, so we're going to take a look at the File Explorer application built into the icon in Braille Plus. On my Braille Plus, I'm in the main applications menu, so I'm going to press 6 to open the utilities menu. One settings. And press 2 to open File Explorer. File Explorer, available drives, hard drive, 103. We're presented with a list of drives where we can open files. And we have right now hard drive, internal flash disk, internal flash disk where all the operating system files are stored, network folders, and my network folders when this is connected to Wi-Fi. If I had a mini SD card in the unit, I would have the option to see the mini SD card. If there was a thumb drive plugged in, that would also show up here. Let's go back up to hard drive. Hard drive, opening, hard drive, music folder, 146. My music folder, library folder, library, audible folder, audible books, extracts folder, rail plus session. Folder. These are just different folders that I've created on the Braille Plus. So if we went into one of these, packages, stuff. for example, if we went into the podcast folder, podcasts, blind world log and podcast folder, one of twenty-six, the Mark Taylor accessible world, mystic, the attitude, ACB radio, blind, blind, Shane under podcast access, blind, the access, the text. AC, Let's find main menu. ACP radio main menu. There it is. So for ACP opening. radio main menu podcast MM 20 million 110,513.mp3. One of 19. Now here is the main menu episodes that I've downloaded via the RSS reader built into the unit. To open any file you find within File Explorer, you can just press select and it will open whatever application is needed for that file. For in this case, it's an MP3 file, so it'll open the music, music player. Audio player. It starts right where I left off. That concludes this edition of And there's the end of main menu. 55 minutes, 32 seconds. 55 minutes and 32 seconds where I left off when I last played this file. So let's press cancel to go back to File Explorer. File Explorer ACB Radio Now in the menus, our pretty much constant menu options are going to be delete file. to delete this file. Six, create folder. We can create a new folder wherever we're pointing. So we're in the main menu folder. If we wanted to create another folder under the main menu folder, we would do this and we could name the folder. Seven, rename. We can rename the currently selected file. Nine, sort. We can choose how we want to sort, whether we want to sort by name, by last modified, by alphabetical order, etc. Compress selected. We can compress these selected files into a zip file. Compress selected. Now you notice some of these numbers don't line up. Like we might go from five to seven. If we had files selected, which we could do by ACB. using the control key or the zero key on the telephone keypad and the select key, Toggling selected files. we've selected, file selected file. We get out of this folder back into the main podcast folder. And if we go to file the menu now, menu. To copy we can here. copy a selected Remove file, selected move the file to this place permanently. Or clear selected. We can just clear the selection and it won't be selected anymore. Or we can delete any selected file. So those options get added. If you're pointing at a zip file, you will also have an option to unzip the file if it's password protected. You'll be asked to enter your password. So you can pretty much do any file management tasks, such as renaming, moving files and folders, organizing files into folders, and compressing and unzipping zip files, etc. Here, you also, if we go back, I know I have a folder called public. If I push PU for public, if we go into the menu, menu. We This gives our options for sharing a folder on the network so that other devices on my network can see it. So if we wanted to stop sharing this folder so nobody could see the public folder anymore, I would choose this. Or if we're on a folder that wasn't selected, this option is here pointing at a folder, not at an, not at an individual file. 
but again, pointing at a folder to share that on the network with the information that you specify in settings, which we're not going to look at today. Hard drive public folder. So that's kind of a very, very quick and general idea of what's possible as far as file management on the icon from Level Star and the Braille Plus from APH. We'll be back next week with more tasks with the Battle of the Note Takers. So for now, this is Chase Crispin concluding this demonstration for ACB Radio's main menu. Main menu. I'm going to talk about the PacMate Omni QX400 file navigation. And I have the setup so that when I turn the machine on, I'm in File Explorer. You can use all the Windows commands to navigate among files. And we're going to turn on the machine. A file has come up. It hasn't spoken, but it doesn't need to because it shows up in Braille. And I'm going to do a Control plus home to go to the top. Top of my list, Bible folder. This works very much like Windows. I'm going to down arrow first. Books folder, books, bookshelf, rail, no, books, folder, life, brother, kill, Christ, Christy, download, great taste, no, hell, folder, hymnals, NLS, Mullen folder, fan folder, poetry folder. And let's get into poetry and see what we have here. I'm going to push enter. Poetry list new collected poems 1909-1962 FS edit document 104. These are some things that I got off of various sources such as Bookshare and even some things from Gutenberg and stuff. And I'm going to push down arrow. Old posthumous the poetry. And let's type a letter O to get back up. Old posthumous book of practice FS edit document. And... Let's get into one of these files. Let's go to Collected Poems. And I'm going to push Enter. FS Edit. Collected Poems 1909-1962. BRF. Grade 2 Edit. And a line from a poem has come up on the screen. Eyes I Dare Not Meet in Dreams. And what if we want to know the name of this poem? I'm going to push Control and Up Arrow. Com 85 to Hollow Med 1925, Miss Talk Hurts. Okay, and I want to get out of this file, so I push Alt, menu which gets us file. into a menu, which starts out with File, and then it goes down, Edit, edit Format, Format, Insert, insert Tools, tools file. and we're back to File. Push Enter on File, no, dot. and Up Arrow, exit. to Exit, push Enter, Leaving Menus. File Explorer Poetry List And we're out. And I want to go back up to the original file folder. So I'm going to push left arrow. Storage card list new Bible folder one of one hundred. And I'm gonna turn the machine off. And that's how we move around in files. Hi, main menu listeners. This is Rich Cavallaro, here to talk about the file manager available in the Hymns family of products. My voice sense QWERTY is on, and the focus is on the file manager. I could either get them by pushing enter, or by pushing the hotkey F for file manager. And we are on the flash disk. Um, that is the first drive in the drive list. This is very similar to Windows Explorer. And if I push the down arrow key... 
We have network, and that's all we have connected right now. But um, as far as uh, drives, the flash disk, and the network is always there if you want to access files wirelessly over your network, which is a feature of the HIMSS products. So I'm going to push enter to go into the flash disk. And we've got our seven folders that I've got currently on this four gigabyte flash disk. And um, this file manager offers a lot of features um, as far as creating new folders, cutting, copying, and all that. We'll get to that in a minute here when we explore the menus in the file manager. So I'm going to push down arrow. And let's say we wanted to go to the My Documents folder. And this is a, a BBC Dronimus. The BBC Chronicles is already a radio drama. So I push enter, and if I go the third chronicle, this is an Angevorbis audio file, and if I push enter, the media player will launch, and it will start playing. So if you push enter on any file, it will start uh, the designated application. So I'm going to close the media player, since it's not the focus of this demonstration. And I'm going to hit backspace, just like you would in Windows Explorer. And we are uh, now back in the main list of folders. And now we're back a couple of uh, presses more, and we're on the drive list. So that's how you navigate folders uh, and play and open up different files. So I push the Alt key. You can search for a file. That's the equivalent of Alt Enter in Windows. The properties like the size when it was last modified. This has to do, to do with if you want to connect your unit wirelessly um, as far as accessing folders on your wireless network. And exit. Now, if we wanted to uh, create a folder, I was actually on the flash disk. I open up the flash disk now. We have some more menu options. So you could open the folder. You can zip a, a folder. You could send it to, say, your um, other devices via Bluetooth or, indeed, uh, to other drives. Control-C, copy, just like on a Windows PC if you want to copy your folder or file. Cut, Control-X, paste, delete, or the delete key. Control-R is for rename. New document or new folder. File conversion lets you convert files to various file types. Let's demonstrate that. I'm going to um, make a new document here. And I'm going to make a new uh, text document. And we're going to call this... I'm just getting rid of the default name here. I'm going to call it test. Enter. And I'm going to push enter. And I'm going to write some text here. And I wrote... I'm typing with one hand here, and uh, surprisingly, I think doing a pretty good job of it. Um, okay, so I've written a couple of lines here. And I am going to... Go to the top here. Whoops. I meant to say have, but anyway. Uh, I'm going to hit a control S to save this file. And I'm going to close the word processor. Now, I'm going to take you through the process of converting this file. 
so I'm going to go to file conversion. That's a, um, a proprietary format, kind of like um, KWB if you're familiar with the Braille node, or LDF for level stars, proprietary format for the icon in Braille Plus, FSD for the Pac-Man, etc. So I'm going to choose Braille. And now, there we go. So as you can see, it's very easy to convert files, to create files, uh, to create a new folder. Let's say I wanted to do that. You could go to new folder. And I will call this ACB Radio. And now... I'm going to push enter. And I need to put that in my dictionary. This is ACB right. So I'm going to take the Braille version. I'm going to cut it. And I'm going to go to ACB radio. And I'm going to paste it. There we go. So very similar to Windows Explorer. Very easy to use, this file manager is. I'm going to push Alt F4. And now we're back at the main applications menu. It's very easy to cut, very easy to copy and paste and make new folders, make new files, convert files, to navigate your folders and files. A very simple and easy experience to access your data, regardless of what drive is selected. This has been a demonstration of the file manager on the Himmels family of products. Now let's talk about limiters and compressors. As in a lot of Olympus recorders, you can set the mic attenuation to high, mid, and low, and high and low only on the XLR jacks. You have two different limiters and two different compressors. Limiter 1 and compressor 1 work better with music because it takes the limiter longer to come back from the volume at which the loud sound may go. Limiter 2 and compressor 2 are quicker acting and therefore much better for speech. And you choose these limiters and compressors on both internal mic, line-in, what they call, I think, mic input, which is the mini-jack, and XLR right and XLR left. You also have auto-gain, as you have had in lots of other Olympus recorders. So you can choose between manual and auto-gain, and when you get to manual, you then have to decide whether you want the limiters and compressors off or whether you want any of the ones I mentioned above. Now, one thing that they have done which is totally woeful, and hopefully will be corrected in a firmer update, the limiters are channel independent, which is to say, if I make a noise in the right microphone, that microphone gets turned down, but the other one doesn't, so the whole stereo spectrum shifts off to the left. Fortunately, the compressors and the auto gain do not do this. They are mic dependent, so if I make a noise in one mic, both mics are turned down. The difference between limiters and compressors is that a limiter simply takes the volume off the top. It turns down the volume when sounds get too loud. Compressors do that, but they also bring up the floor and try to make the dynamic range less by both turning down the loud sounds and turning up the soft sound. This doesn't really do so much to turn up the soft sounds, which is good. It actually doesn't sound much different from the limiter. It really works much the same way. You really can hear a lot of compression. So I've been using compressor instead of limiter, 
because of the weirdness of the limiter, and hopefully that will get fixed in a firmware update. Hopefully also they'll fill in some of the voice guidance in a firmware update. So just how good is the limiter on this recorder? Actually, as I said, I'm not using limiter because of its problems. I'm using compressor. And unlike other Olympus recorders I've had, where I've always recorded on low mic level, low mic attenuation, this one is structured so that you get a better volume when you're recording on high. You can obviously do low, and the volume is so low that you could probably record trains with a whole lot of headroom or any other loud sounds. I'm about halfway up on the volume knob. By the way, the volume knob has little gnarled edges on it, about one for every number on the volume scale. Not exactly, but close. I'm on high mic. I'm five clicks up from the bottom, so someplace in the middle of the volume, and I'm going to go out in my garage, which is closed, and record the car horn, enclosed in a garage, on a volume way too high, and let's see what happens. You might want to turn down your speakers, or at least get ready for this, because it's kind of loud. Now I'm standing here by the front door, and I'm going to do the door slam test, which I do on most of my podcasts. Open the screen door, and there are still jingle bells on the door. Now close the big metal door, lock it, and the rattle you hear was the mirror on the wall vibrating. And there's no constant sound in the background to allow you to hear how much the limiter turns itself down with the compressor. But obviously it didn't distort. So they've done a really good job with these limiters and compressors, except for the problem I mentioned earlier with the limiter. Now as we learned earlier, you can do multi-tracking with this recorder. I'm not even going to go there in this podcast, and I know that's why a lot of people would like this recorder. It can be done, but there is no speech. There is no voice guidance there. Another oversight, which I hope will be corrected. You can do it but it's like being back in the world with no speech, which a lot of us grew up in, and so it's doable because you just have to remember what you've done. But it would be nice if it spoke, and until it does, I'm at least not in this podcast going to talk about multi-track recording or overdubbing or anything like that because none of them have voice guidance. Thank you. Well, I just found another thing out about this recorder. There is a setting in record settings for mono. And I've known this, and what they do is sum both mics and put the sound in the middle of your head. But what a lot of recorders do when they actually say they're putting it in mono is to do that. They sum both channels, put the sound in the middle of your head, but the file is still stereo because it theoretically has a right and a left channel. You just don't hear it because the stuff that you're recording is in the middle. This actually makes a mono file. And the nice thing about that is that the mono file is half the size of a stereo file. So if you ever want to record anything that doesn't really need stereo, that's one way to save space. What's interesting about the way they did it, however, and it had me fooled for a while, is I set it on mono, plugged in my headphones, and it was in stereo. And I thought, did it not take? And I went back, and yes, it was on mono. And what's interesting is that when you listen to it through headphones, you're in stereo. I can go from one mic to the other, and it's just like I'm recording in stereo, but when I listen back to it, it's in mono. 
Don't know why they did the monitoring in stereo, but that doesn't bother me. At least you got a half-sized mono file when you want it. I haven't done much up to this point to show you anything about stereo separation using these mics. So a couple hours ago, I went out and stood on a not totally busy street in our neighborhood, and here is what I got. These microphones are very subject to wind. I had a windscreen on. I had the one that comes with the Zoom H4n. I'm not sure whether it comes with it or you have to order it in the accessories kit. It fits reasonably well, but it doesn't work all that well. In addition to these mics being cardioid, and all cardioid mics have the same problem. It isn't just this recorder. Any cardioid mic will have wind problems unless you windscreen it because of the narrowness of the focus field. What's interesting and a little disconcerting about this recorder is that you also hear wind noise when you blow into the switches on the side. It's not the overpowering rocket blasting wind that you hear when you don't have a good windscreen on, but it's there. 
I've tried this on other recorders and it doesn't happen. So why it happens on this recorder, I have no clue. So I don't know how well this recorder would do with internal mics outside on a windy day. I edited out the larger wind places in the traffic I recorded. You heard a little at the end, and that was just a mere breeze. Now part of it's the windscreen, and part of it might be that it's blowing into the switches. I'll have to do more experimenting. I'll have to find something to totally cover these microphones, like a piece of aluminum foil or something, and blow into the sides or take it outside and see how much wind I pick up. But that's a strange phenomena for a recorder to have. I spoke earlier of the fact that the external microphone preamps on this recorder were very good. What I want to do now is to record three segments with phantom power and my Rode NT1A microphone, which is the quietest mic I know of that's made. It's 5 dBA, or basically minus 91 signal to noise. The first recording you'll hear is made on my Sound Devices 744T, then this recorder, the Olympus LS100, and then the Zoom H4N recorder, which also allows XLR inputs and allows phantom power. So, see what you think. This is the Rode NT1A microphone being recorded on the Sound Devices 744T recorder. The attempt here is to compare this, which is a $4,000 recorder. Actually, you can buy the same recorder with only two tracks, mine's four track. It has the same preamp, so basically a $2,000 recorder would get you the same preamps. And the question is, how does this compare with the Olympus LS100? and with the Zoom H4n. Let's pause a while and listen to noise. Along with my stomach growling. Alright, this is the sound devices, and now to the Olympus LS100. And this is the Olympus LS100 using the same mic, the Rode NT1A, you can hear some difference, but not all that much. Let's listen to noise. I think Olympus has finally produced a studio-grade professional recorder. The microphone inputs in this recorder are wonderful. I've heard studio-grade recording equipment which isn't nearly as good. And while there might be some difference between the sound devices and this, who's going to notice unless you're playing them back-to-back? -back? Now, it only remains to be seen whether the Olympus LS100 is better than the Zoom H4n. There's only one way to find out. This is the Olympus LS100, and now to the Zoom H4n. And now we are using the same microphone on the Zoom H4n. You can tell there's a little more hiss, so I do believe there's an improvement here, folks. Perhaps I can play with some more phantom-powered microphones on this podcast, but at least this is the quietest mic I have. I don't have anything that's any quieter. I don't think there is anything that's any quieter. So what you hear is pretty clear in terms of the noise differences between the preamps. All right, enough said. Let's move on to other tests. And this is the ElectroVoice 635 dynamic microphone. Also a microphone I've used in a lot of these tests because it's a very low-powered microphone. And normally, because of it being low-powered, you get a lot of noise because the preamps of a lot of recorders don't do really well with low-powered mics, and you hear a lot of preamplifier noise. 
This recorder, however, is really nice with these mics. I mean, you can hear some noise in the background, but if I were to put this on the Eddyroll R09HR, the Zoom H4N, the Zoom H2N, it would be noisier. The Sony might be about the same, except it doesn't have XLR plugs. So I'm going into, on the Sony, a mini jack, and my cable has a hum in it, so I won't be able to do that today. But suffice it to say, this is a very quiet recorder on high-powered microphones, and as we've discovered, very quiet on low-powered microphones as well. And this is another microphone I like to use, again, one I don't think you can buy anymore, TEC-ME120. It is a battery-powered electric condenser microphone, a little bit higher power than the Dynamic, so it should be a little quieter. Again, I use it just for comparison, and won't make a big deal out of it. This is it. This is the noise you hear. And this ends this test of the TEC-ME120. And this is the Audio-Technica AT822. I could hardly do a podcast without including this mic. It is a very widespread mic, 110 degrees, I believe. There is some noise, but I think it's mostly the noise of the mic. And these are the Neumann KM140 microphones, a stereo pair on an ORTF microphone bar. ORTF is just another kind of recording pattern, microphone pattern, like XY and spaced omnis and 120 degrees and MS and all those other things. These are the microphones I often use to record trains. They're in a windscreen. They're also in a large Zeppelin, which cuts down their frequency response on the upper end of it. But that's okay because they're just right for recording sounds that sound exactly like they sounded while you were there when you listened back to them. Very nice. So this ends this test of the Neumann KM140 mics, and we'll see what we can find to play with next. I wanted to know also if there was a difference between the XLR inputs and the Minijack inputs in terms of noise of the electronic mic circuitry. So what I did was use my DPA mics, feed a constant noise into first the recording made with the Minijack, and then recording made with the XLR jack. I equalized both of these volumes so that they were both the same, and then I raised the gain so that they would both be higher than normal. So you're going to hear a lot of noise. It doesn't mean that these microphones are that noisy. It simply means I turned up the volume on both so you could hear them equally, but louder than they would normally be. So I'll let you decide which is noisier. First, the mini jack recording of just microphone noise and a few sounds in the background which were outside and then the XLR. See what you think. And this is yet another external phantom-powered microphone, an AKG414. Works well with this recorder. One of the things I wanted to remember to tell you is what happens when the battery dies. I have it from a friend that when he was recording a file, he heard three beeps, and he tried to play a file, he tried to record, nothing happened, nothing worked. But when he turned it off, it booted down, and when he booted back up again, it said battery low. 
The important thing to remember here is that it saved the file. It did not erase it. It did not corrupt it. It evidently has enough power left when the three beeps occur and it shuts down that it actually saves the file. And it will say battery high, battery medium, battery low. I'm not sure whether it's medium or middle. Whenever you turn the recorder on, if that is the condition of the battery. Of course, if you're recording a long file, you can go from battery high to battery low without it saying anything because you're recording and you're not booting up again. But those three beeps mean that it's just going to stop, probably, within a couple seconds. But it will save the file. That's nice to know. This recorder does have one of the maladies that the Olympus DM4 has, and that is that often when you're recording, if you record long enough and you press the stop button or the pause button, it doesn't take. You have to press it again to have it work. That's because the backlight goes off, and the first press of any button when you're recording, or even when you're stopped, is to actually get the backlight to come on again. And then the next press is the actual operation. You can avoid this by having the backlight always on. There's a time setting. I think it's set on five seconds. You can set it to always on. And now when you press any of the keys, it doesn't have to turn it on. I wish there was an always off setting, but then I'm guessing that if something went wrong with your recorder and you needed a person to look at it, they probably wouldn't have any light to work with. So I guess they did the best they could. But that at least is something you might consider. One last note. With phantom power, there's one thing you have to really make sure of. If you have a microphone that does not want phantom power, you need to remember to turn the phantom power switches off. You could burn out a microphone pretty easily. I won't say it'll happen to every mic, but there are some mics which will just not work well anymore after running 48 volts into them. So keep that in mind. Welcome to Blind Bargain's audio coverage of CSUN 2012. Brought to you by... Are you willing to share your skills and knowledge of the workplace as a person who is blind or visually impaired? Become an AFB Career Connect mentor and help job seekers find their path to success. Sign up today at www.careerconnect.org. Now, here's J.J. Meadow. We are here with Neil Kurniansky, Director for Sales and Marketing for Duxbury Systems, and here to talk about the latest version of Duxbury. Welcome back to Blind Bargains. Uh, thanks, J.J., and everyone listening in. So the latest uh, version has just been released, uh, 11.1 SR3. That is correct. And SR3 uh, has some critical improvements, especially to those uh, working with tables, creating tables in DBT, bringing in Excel tables as well. And, of course, support for the new version 4 embossers out of Index. Um, and then just tons of other fixes, as usual with DBT, upgrading table fixes, etc. Big improvements in working with math type, bringing in those word files with embedded equations from math type and taking them to Nimeth or the Braille math code of your choice. So if somebody creates a, uh, a math type book, or is there a simple way to do that? Or I mean, that's a, really a technology that's not familiar to a lot of people yet, I don't think. Yeah, math type is a very inexpensive add-on to Word, and it lives inside of MS Word. Uh-huh. And so you can use it to create uh, as a math editor, a print math editor inside Word, and it uh-huh. embeds the equations. So when you print it out for a sure. print book, you just see the math natively. Is that accessible to the blind? 
the, uh, the editor? My actual answer is I don't know. Okay. Um, my general impression and guess is you can author it, but you may not be able sure. to review it, well, which sure. it's really a no. Well, I understand that's a little outside of your, you know, right. your scope, but you, you know, you, your job is to make it work with, right. with, with Duxbury. And with Duxbury, mm-hmm. you just save your Word file. Um, mm-hmm. Including uh, Office 2010. Okay. And then you go to DBT and you open that Word file in DBT and it's there and it picks up the coding, control T to translate to Braille, and poof, there's your Nimit. So, uh, well, you mentioned the, uh, the index embossers. Uh, you also have the, uh, the new Phoenix embosser. Yes. Uh, you're yep. supporting that as well. We also support the Phoenix as well. Now, what about uh, someone who. Uh, you go on eBay, you can track down you know, all sorts of older embossers from the 80s, 90s. Uh, so if someone wanted a more in, uh, inexpensive embossing solution, uh, do you still work with those? Or? We absolutely do. In fact, we just had someone with an old, old VersaPoint um, that found the old battery problem, replaced the battery, and we still drive that. If you can get hold of a Cramner Brailler that works, we'll still drive that. <laughs> we'll still drive a HAL Pixelmaster <laughs> if you can find one. Wow. Um, well, obviously, you just need the, the proper uh, USB to serial or whatever, right. whatever you need. But Absolutely. And, and for all you uh, listeners out there, if you're doing that, do a little homework first because um, some of those converters, the USB to serial uh, converters, do weird things and can basically... They aren't all created equal. They aren't all created equal. And um, yes. I don't want to give a link online because I don't want to flood this one place Mm -hmm. Um, but contact me or I'll give JJ the information contact him I do know one source that is very reliable sure so um, one of the other questions that keeps coming up with uh, software especially with uh, a lot of people moving towards it um, is the possibility of a Mac version I believe you've kind of hinted at it in the past but uh, are you still working on that, or how is that going? Yeah, we are still working on DBT Mac as well as Perky Mac, a Perky Duck version for the Mac. Um, we've been making extremely good progress uh, lately, so I expect it to ship during uh, 2013. And I've actually been doing a few behind-the-curtain demos of a pre-alpha version of DBT Mac. Okay. It will be fully accessible. It will work with VoiceOver, um, support your embossers, and be able to exchange files between DBT Mac and DBT Win. And it'll be for all the 130 plus languages that we do Braille translation for. Are you considering any sort of uh, uh, discounts for somebody who wants to bo- uh, on both platforms? They want to move from one to the other, or is it going to be a completely new product? Oh, we're having all sorts of internal discussions about that. Sure. And at this point, we're still throwing chalk and erasers at each other. So <laughs> if you have strong opinions um, with some thoughtfulness, uh, actually feel free to email me. Okay. And uh, I'll go ahead and give my email address. It's neal, N-E-A-L, at duxis, D-U-X-S-Y-S, dot com. Okay. For those uh, of our listeners who aren't necessarily with a uh, programming background, they might hear 2013 and think, wow, that's a long time from now. What are some of the, uh, the challenges that go into making this software work on a different platform? Uh, there are all sorts of challenges. It's almost a, a ground-up, uh, and I'm not a programmer, right. but almost a ground-up development in terms of the coding and how 
a function that you want to establish is communicated to the machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, writing to the screen can be different. Um, obviously, interfacing with Windows screen readers is much different than making it accessible for uh, voiceover. Okay. Um, so they're just driving printers and embossers is totally different right. animals. So it's just a myriad of technical uh, issues. And of course, we have been mainly uh, a Windows house for the last so ever since OS X really came out. Sure. Uh, how much is the, uh, the upgrade for the latest version? Um, upgrade to the latest version actually depends on when your last paid upgrade was. Okay. So uh, for single-user licenses, it's between 0 and $395. Uh, okay. If you bought in 2010, there's no cost. Uh, if you last purchased in 2008 or nine, it's $195, and those are the last ones I can remember. Just send an email with your license number or call us with your license number. We plug it in, and the answer pops out. Okay. And the cost for uh, new users? For new users, a single-user license is $595, and that includes free tech support um, via email and phone, uh, Mm -hmm. essentially forever as long as you're registered, free downloadable upgrades for a minimum of a year, and obviously discounted prices for upgrading after that time. If people want to get more information, uh, what's the best way to do that? Uh, best way is to uh, either visit our website at www.duxburysystems.com um, or call the AT guys. They can get you all the information you need. Um, or email us at info at Great. Thank you so much, Neil. Thanks, JJ. Enjoy the conference. This has been another Blind Bargains audio podcast. Visit blindbargains.com for the latest deals, news, and exclusive content. This podcast may not be retransmitted, sold, or reproduced without the express written permission of AT Guys. Copyright 2012. Hi, I'm David Tanner, host of Main Menu. I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, to come by and see us at the Main Menu webpage at www.mainmenu.acbradio.org. And while you're there, sign up for our Main Menu Friends mailing list. We'd love to have you on the list and have you input ideas on how we can continue to improve Main Menu. Also, while you're at it, if you have the opportunity, buy and see us on Twitter. You can access us on Twitter at Twitter dot com slash main menu For the entire Main Menu staff, I'd like to thank you for being with us today here on Main Menu. We'll look forward to seeing you back again next week. Meantime, you have a good week, and we'll see you soon.